0: I want us to look this morning at this passage of Scripture. I preached three weeks on the second coming of Christ, and I preached on the out of Matthew chapter twenty-four, and then out of chapter twenty-five on the second coming of Christ in relation to the Jews, and then the second coming of Christ in relation to the church. And this morning, uh, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach a few minutes on the second coming of Christ. Uh, in relation uh, to the Gentile nations. When we come to this text this morning, uh, we come to the end of the tribulation period. And when we get to the end of the tribulation period here, we know uh, that Jesus is now going to separate those nations, those goat nations from the sheep nations. And I want you to notice with me in verse number 31, notice the scene that is mentioned in verse number 31 and 32. The Bible said, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, when you think about the scene here, the scene is the end of the tribulation period. Christ has come back. Uh, uh, the church has been through the judgment seat, and the church has received uh, uh, the rewards for the for the life that she has lived and the deeds that she has done and the battle of Armageddon is over with and now the son of God is getting ready to set up his kingdom and in setting up his kingdom uh, he is preparing those nations and we'll see that here in just a moment I think this text is important this morning because this is the first uh, and this is also the last time that Jesus will refer to himself as a king amen and this is three days before our savior goes to the cross of Calvary when you think about in light of that (coughs) Jesus is talking about the end just before the cross. He's talking about what's going to happen to the nation of Israel. In fact there's a separation here not only the scene, but when we get to verse 32 and verse number 33 there is the separation here and verse 33 said that he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Now in this passage of scripture there's three separations of people there is the sheep nations, there is the goat nations and then there is my brethren and when you think about my brethren my brethren as jesus refers to them can only mean three things it can mean those as according to hebrews chapter number two and verse 11 it can represent those who have been born again that's us we that are saved by the grace of god we are the brethren amen and then it can also represent those that grew up um, (coughs) with christ uh, uh, when he was (coughs) here on this earth his his literal uh, brothers. But then, it also represents the nation of Israel. And I'll say in light of this text this morning, we know that my brethren represents that Jewish remnant uh, that will be left during the tribulation period. I want to say once again that God is not through with the Jew. Amen? If you want to know where we're at today, all you got to do is look at the nation of Israel. Uh, That is God's timepiece for the hour in which we're living in. Don't underestimate the nation of Israel. Don't underestimate the Jew for God said that he would love them with an everlasting love and though the world despises the Jew and though the world despises Israel we ought to love them and we ought to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we ought to bless them because that is uh, uh, the heartbeat of God for what Christ is to the church uh, uh, God is to the nation of Israel. It's God in Israel in the Old Testament it's Christ in the church in the New Testament I'll tell you if you look at the canon of scriptures uh, and you follow it from, from Genesis all the way through Malachi it's about God and the nation of Israel then there's 400 years of silence uh, and you get to the book of Matthew and Matthew was a Jew isn't that right and he wrote about the king of the Jews uh, 400 years of silence and then the king of the Jews come on and it comes on the scene and then Mark was half Jew and half Gentile and Luke was full, a full Gentile can you see that Jewish line is starting to fade Uh, and John gives the gospel not just to the Jew but he gives the gospel to the entire world amen and the gospel goes to every region and the book of Acts is born and in the book of Acts it starts out with Peter and the Jews but when you get uh, halfway through there's an experience on the road to Damascus and Paul of the apostle is saved amen and Paul lights the lamp of the grace of God to the Gentile nation and at the book of Acts literally uh, changes from Peter and the Jews and signs and wonders uh, to the word of God begins to grow and it begins to multiply and it becomes about Paul the apostle uh, my friend born out of due time and the church is born uh, and it's all about the church uh, and then when you begin to read those epistles 1st and 2nd Corinthians uh, those Pauline in prison epistles uh, Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Galatians uh, and those pastoral epistles uh, it's all about the church. 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus uh, and Philemon is all about the church. But hang on just a second. Then you get to Hebrews. Uh, and when you get to Hebrews and James and Jude, 1st uh, and 2nd Peter, I left that out. Guess where we're headed back to? We're headed back to Jewish ground again. Amen. I'm telling you, it started out the Jews, uh, 400 years of silence. Uh, uh, the gospel goes to the whole world. Uh, then it goes to the church. Uh, and it's all about the church the church. Uh, but God ends that book uh, and he's talking about the Jew. Amen. And when you get to the book of Revelation it's about the greatest Jew that ever walked upon this earth. Uh, It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. And he takes us through that uh, tribulation period uh, and the church is not found after Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. uh, The church is not found again until Revelation 19 and we come back with the Lord Jesus Christ at the battle of Armageddon coming back uh, to our text this morning uh, and when those nations uh, and those uh, armies I mean have been destroyed then Christ sets up his kingdom and once again you know who he's dealing with he's dealing with the nation of Israel that's important this morning it's important for every one of us as believers that we get a hold of that this morning and here you say well now preacher I'm not a Jew and, and we're Excuse me, we're not the nation of Israel. And um, when we look at this text this morning, what could this possibly have to do with the hour that we're living in? Well, let me say this. We see the scene in verse 31. We see the separation in verse 32 and verse 33. We see the standard in verse number 35. Jesus in verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty? And gave thee drink. You see, Christ sets the standard. But the surprise in verse number 37 and verse 38 is that they don't know when they saw Jesus that way. And Jesus makes it clear in verse number 38 here, or verse number 39. They said, or when saw we thee sick or in prison and the king? shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you ought to underline this, you have done it unto me. You see, when you come, we come to the end of the tribulation period, uh, there's going to be the two witnesses there's going to be a hundred, that's going to preach, and 144,000 Jews are going to be saved and preach the gospel, and there's going to be others that are going to believe, even through the tribulation period, not those who have heard the gospel on this side in the church age, but those uh, uh, that have lived through will hear the gospel, some will be saved, and Jesus makes a distinction in this text here. He says that, he said that the, the standard to those that are going into the kingdom at the end between those sheep and those goat nations is based on not how they treated Jesus but how they treated the Jew this text is not how they treated Christ but how did they treat the Jew during that tribulation period you may say this morning and ask the very same question that I would ask what has that got to do with salvation what has that got to do with the Jew? Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, why does it not have to do with Jesus? Oh, but it does. But I'll make this statement and I hope to be clear this morning. How they treated the Jew is exactly how they would have treated Jesus. My friend, it took faith. You think about this. At the end of the tribulation period, Jesus says to this righteous crowd, you saw me naked and you clothed me. You saw me hungry and you fed me. You saw me thirsty and you gave me water. Uh, You saw me in prison and you visited me. You know what it took to do every bit of that? The same thing it took for you to be saved. Faith. I'm telling you in the end of that tribulation period to be kind to God's people to go so far not just to (coughs) clothe them not just to feed them not just to give them water but to even go so far as to put your life on the line and visit them in prison, took faith. And this crowd had faith on how they treated the Jew. And Jesus said, I want to say this morning, how you treat the Jew is how you'll treat Jesus. How you feel about the Jew is how you feel about Jesus. You know what? There is no explanation to give to this world today as to why they would hate that nation Why the whole world has hated Israel? Why have they hated the Jew all these years? They've hated them without a cause. They've hated them without any reason other than the reason of Jesus Christ. The world hates Jesus this morning. And this crowd, we see their surprise. We see the sermon. The sermon is this morning in verse verse number 40. As he says, uh, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. I ask you this question this morning. How do you treat Christ? How do you treat Jesus? I would say this morning, sinner, what is your thoughts of him today? How do you treat him when he speaks to your heart in salvation? If you say no to God, then my friend, you will surely die and go to hell. I was, thinking about, I was thinking about those men in Sodom whenever God blinded them just before he judged them. You know, that's literally what God does to a man or a woman before he judges them. He blinds them just like he blinded them before the judgment of God fell, if you say no to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you say no to the Holy Ghost, if you turn him away, I'm telling you, every time you tell him no, it gets a little bit easier to say no to the Holy Spirit and a little bit harder to say yes. I'm telling you, if you know you're lost this morning and you know that you need to be saved, then this morning the best thing you can do is surrender and come to Christ and repent and receive him. That's what this crowd did in receiving the Jews. uh, uh, They received Jesus, amen. It took faith. uh, And my friend, when we come to uh, verse number 41, uh, we see here the condemnation uh, that the king puts on those goat nations. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye that are cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. Why? No faith is why. I was a stranger and ye took me not in. Naked and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison and ye visited me not. Why are they being condemned? They're being condemned because of a lack of faith. I'm telling you, friend, this morning, faith is the only Thing that will get a man to heaven. Amen. You see this morning uh, we do not work to have faith but when we have faith we have a faith that will work. Amen. And that's what this text is all about. The righteous crowd, those sheep nations uh, they had a faith that worked and may I say it's not entire nations but it's individual in those nations. Every man must give an account for himself and by himself and as himself. And so we see here that it is faith and it is unbelief that drove this crowd away. We see the confusion. They said, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Notice Jesus in verse 45, he gives them the clarification. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it to one of the least of these you did it not unto me as much as you did it not unto one of the least of these you did it not unto me I'll bring this down this morning to where we live in our church world you know when people are saved just like in this text those that had faith in Christ love the Jews when people are saved in the church guess what they love the church. You know what we got in our churches? The same thing we're going to find at the end of the tribulation: sheep and goats. This morning, you're either a sheep or you're a goat. You know why some people, uh, why some people don't don't they don't enjoy church? They endure it. Why some people? Are always finding fault. They may they may be a troublemaker and they may not. They may just be somebody that they're always on the negative about the church. They're always pointing out the the problems. Now we don't need. Can I get an amen on this? Hold it for just a second. But but uh, uh, we don't need anybody to point out problems in the church. I mean, it don't take. Listen, the the and I want to be kind. So pray for me right here but they only know how to say it one way, okay? The dumbest person in this building can find problems in this church. You're not not an intellect if you found problems. You haven't helped the church because you've surfaced a problem. And you know what sheep do? They see the problem, but they pray about it. You know what goats do? They cause the problem. Or if they don't cause one, they find one. They're always butting against something. I mean, they're always against the church. They're always against, they're in the church, but they're not of the church. uh, Their name may be on the roll, and and they may be a member of that church, but they're miserable. Uh, They don't listen. They can't enjoy church. They're happy now out in the world. I mean, you go on their social media, they're grinning like a possum, you know, and, and they're living it up in the world, but when they come to church, they look like they've been chewing briars all day. I mean, they look like they're just sad and depressed. and and they're miserable and they they look for reasons to miss church. I mean, I'm telling you, there are some people, they are professionals at coming up with excuses. I mean, they do it week in and week out. They spent their whole time going to church, finding reasons on how to get out of church. They'll go Sunday morning and so Sunday night they got to have a reason to miss church. And then Wednesday night, they got to have another reason. I, I mean, they, they believe in resurrection more than anybody because they get sick on Sunday afternoon and they can't go to church Sunday night, but they get resurrected on Monday morning and they're able to punch the clock at like 5.30 in the morning. I mean, if anybody believes in a resurrection, it's that crowd, you know. It happens to them every week. You know what I'm talking about. And they're always, listen, they can find trouble, I mean, like a bloodhound, amen. Uh, they can sniff it out, you know. I wasn't feeling too good when I started but I sure am feeling good now I hope you're enjoying it because it's getting better as I'm going amen I'm just telling you uh, you say what's wrong with them well they might be backslid I'm going to tell you what's wrong with a lot of that crowd uh, they never slid forward amen they're just a bunch of goats uh, I mean they can't see nothing right with anything in the church uh, and they see everything wrong uh, they need a good old fashioned dose of salvation and I thought oftentimes it would have to be miserable to always be trying to think of a reason to get out of church. You know, before I got saved, I had no desire to go to church. I felt sorry for Christians. They sung them old songs, and they didn't sing the rock music, and they didn't sing, the, I didn't like country music when I was lost. My parents tormented me with that like crazy. And, uh, but I thought them poor Christians go down there and sing, all, and, and, but you know, after I got saved, Now I like that music. You know why I didn't like it before? Because it didn't mean nothing to me. But after you get saved, it's not the (coughs) it's not the beat and it's not the melody. Boy, that's what's wrong with this modern crowd, ain't it? I mean, if you're saved, you don't have to have the beat and the melody. I mean, the muse, the, the words that ministers to your soul. It, I, I like good music. Don't misunderstand. I, I mean, listen, every church ought to have a, a piano, somebody say amen, and, uh, and ought to have stringed instruments, and ought to have a banjo, and ought to have a, a dobro, and ought to have a mandolin, and ought to have a, a bass guitar, and ought to have an organ, amen. Hey, I heard a song the other day. I uh, Listen, they were singing shall we gather at the river, and we're gonna sing that, amen. I know y'all think it's gonna be the deadest song ever sung, but I tell y'all, sitting there listening to them. And you know what, Miss Allen? The only thing playing was an organ. And they were singing. And that crowd lifted. Somebody said, ooh, when I said that. Hey, listen. That crowd lifted their voice up. And they started singing, shall we gather? After? That's one problem. People don't lift their voice up like they used to. I'm going to tell you, that crowd, I don't know how I'm getting that. That's in there somewhere. But they lifted their voice up. And they started singing, Shall We Gather at the River? And they wasn't even baptizing when they sang it. And I'm telling you, that organ was a playing. And when they got to the end of it, gather at the throne of God. I'm telling you, my, I just felt like a, a spring coming up out of my soul. Amen. You say, Brother Crabley, that just sounds dead. Well, if you're all about sound, I reckon it is. But I'm telling you, when they got to singing, I just felt like a little bit of heaven came down in that song. I wanted to go with them and gather at the river. Praise God. I'm telling you, that's what it's all about this morning. It's my friend, if you're a sheep, if you're saved... Ain't something on the inside of you You can even connect with an organ. And and I'm singing Shall we gather at the river Hallelujah Isn't that right I'm telling you this morning When you think about it Are you a sheep or are you a goat This is not a general judgment here But God surely is going to depart The sheep nations and the goat nations one day And when you get to this verse number 46, I want you to notice the sentence here. Because it all comes back to faith in Christ. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I ask you this question this morning, closing. Do you have eternal life? I tell you, when I look at Matthew 24 and 25, there's not a verse that I read And I'm not boasting. I think many of us would say the same thing. I'm not boasting. But there's not one verse in those two chapters I read that makes me nervous. Amen. You say, well, Brother Gravity, there's a lot of bad stuff in there. Why are you not nervous? Because I'm not going to be here. Amen. I'll tell you, when I read them verses, they don't make me nervous. They make me excited this morning. Excited because before that happens, guess what? Before the second coming, you know what's going to happen? The rapture is going to take place. And This morning, I want to ask you this question as we stand. Are you ready? <coughs> Are you ready this morning? Are you ready to face God? I wonder in this congregation today, and it is my burden. I don't want anybody here to go to hell. I don't want anybody here to die without Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I want you to do inventory this morning. I'm not here to cast doubt. I'm not here to ask you a hundred questions. I believe the Holy Ghost and you alone will determine this morning. Are you a sheep or a goat? Are you saved? Are you lost? Do you have the witness on the inside this morning? And do you know that you know, that you know that you've been born again in the family of God. Do you have that peace, that eternal peace? Can you pillow your head tonight and know that if you don't wake up, you know that you'll be in the arms of God? What a joy that is this morning. What peace that is today. I'm sure there's somebody here you don't have that peace. And friend, we're going to sing a verse of this invitation. And if you're lost... If you're a man, there'll be one of these men come down here and pray with you. If you're a lady, there'll be a lady come pray with you this morning. But you don't have to die without Christ and go to hell. While we sing, would you come this morning?